The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and I want to start off with something that is not exactly the movie and TV news that we usually do, or the reviews or anything. I'm starting if starting off with the NFL, which kicked off this weekend. See, that's a that's a football pun. And I knew that Todd would be watching the Seahawks kick the crap out of the Indianapolis Colts because yes. that's what they do. Yes. But According to NFL.com, I could not watch it because it was an in-market game and blacked out in my area. That's because now, you're within 9,000 miles of Indianapolis. I'm in Georgia. I, I this <laughs> I'm in Georgia, damn it. I am 668 miles away from Indiana and 2811 from Seattle. How the hell am I in market for this game? You know, what shocked me was actually because I get to watch maybe four or five Seahawks games a year because I ne- they're never on the regional because I'm in Florida. and But when they're na- when it's a national game, I get to see it. And no matter who they're playing, you know, I'll always be stuck watching some crap game. And I don't mean just the Dolphins because it's the other conference. So usually it's it's some other game, which I would have zero interest in. Most people in Florida would have zero interest in. I don't have the opportunity. So I was super happy that this game was on. Two playoff teams last year. It makes perfect sense that it was, you know, the game, the, fo- the, the focus game and the fecal game for the Colts, which wasn't a surprise to me. I think it was feature game, not fecal game, but, you know, we're being picky. Or maybe yeah. considering the way I, they play. Exactly. I meant fecal game as far as the Oh, Colts you meant play. that. All right. Never mind. Yeah. I'll shut up. I think Carson Wentz is 0-915 against the, the Seahawks, so that was kind of predictable. But, yeah, it's uh, odd that, you know, because, again, you're within, what was it, 668 miles? Of 668 miles from my house to the stadium in, the, in Indianapolis, according to Google Maps. And obviously that's a day trip, so you could have gone to the game. So, oh, of course, absolutely. that's blacked out, so you couldn't see yeah. it. <clears throat> They've been Lee, watching Lee, Major League Baseball. Our good friend Lee had to go to a sports bar to watch it on some other broadcast because obviously he's closer. He's he's probably within 450 miles of Indianapolis. So obviously that's a very short day trip. The, the league really needs to change this bullshit. That's so stupid. Anyway. Yeah, uh, we talked about it a bit in pre-pro high Ted. Now we've covered everybody that we're supposed to mention. Yeah. <laughs> um, as, as you can probably tell from the first thing that I brought up, I'm not terribly happy this week. And it it, it, yeah, it gets a lot worse as the show goes on. I watched three things this week, and the one that I was expecting not to care about, um, frankly, I still don't, but I will say it's a lot better than the other two. We'll get to that in a minute. Ouch. But this, this is a story, this story that I'm about to tell you is one that I found this morning, and it just added to it. There's a BBC show called Ghosts about a family that moves into a really old house and there's people, all the people who had died there previously still live there. I put in bunny rabbit quotes. They're, they're the ghosts that haunt the house. And at some point, the woman, woman who lives in the house gets hit in the head and all of a sudden she can see the ghosts and interacts with them, thus the sitcom. It's a BBC thing. The BBC version is kind of bland, in my opinion, but it's popular and people love it. So it's coming to CBS this fall. I saw the commercial for it. It has an American cast. Gee, because you can't just pull the show over. That yeah, would make too much that. sense. 
Right. No, and it's being counted as, and I'll quote, a CBS original. <laughs> it's not. It came from the BBC, damn it. I've been, you know, periodically seeing clips of this show for two years, if not more. It is not a CBS original. Typically, when when uh, they do American versions of BBC things, they're train wrecks. But we do have The Office which to me is vastly superior to the British version of The Office. The British version is very funny, except it, it lacks it's the heart. It's not very long. It lacks the heart, well, because it's BBC, because they don't milk things to death. That's but true. if it had stayed on longer, they may have developed it into what The Office became, because the first season of The Office here was much shorter. It was much like the BBC version. But it developed heart as it went along, and you grew to really care about the characters, which you didn't really that much in the first season, which is the flaw for me of the BBC version. So on rare occasion, it can work. Probably not going to work again because usually it don't. Usually they screw it all to hell. Speaking of screwing it all to hell, there's a trailer for the fourth Matrix movie that came out this week. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Not not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Give Give me a minute. I will. Give me a minute. Uh, the Matrix 4 trailer, it actually does look better than the entirety of The Matrix 3 to me. It does. I but I am so tired of that Jefferson Airplane song. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, at least have Trent Reznor cover it or, or something. It, it, no, no. I'm, I, I can't. I didn't like that song in the first place. I get the lyrics. I know why they're using it. And I here, here, here's something that's really trippy. The song I'm talking about is the what, what is that song called? The White Rabbit? Yes, White Rabbit. Following the rabbit down the rabbit hole. Ooh, Alice in Wonderland. This movie is going to get so incredibly trippy that they kind of unofficially announced this earlier. Some people have noticed in the trailer that there's a clip from one of the Matrix movies being shown on a television in The Matrix 4. And they went, wait, what the hell's going on here? Here's the story that goes behind it. Sit down, buckle up, and I hope you're kind of sober for this, because otherwise you're going to have a stroke. The original Matrix trilogy did happen, but everybody died at the end. I'm sorry, it's not a spoiler. It's a 20-year-old movie at this point. Get over it. This is called Matrix Resurrections. Yes, this is the next incarnation of Neo and Trinity. So it's not the same Neo and Trinity that's in the Matrix. It's a new Neo and Trinity that are in the Matrix, even though they're played by the same actors. Okay, fine. The original trilogy did happen, and the people in the new Matrix know about the original Matrix trilogy because for them, it's a movie. When in fact, they are actually the reincarnations of the original Matrix. Trippy enough? Rabbit okay. holes? Oh, look at all these little loopy loops are going in. Pretty trippy. It, it gives you a headache just kind of thinking about it and going, <laughs> no, we don't need that. It looks pretty, though. I like it. I like that concept. I, I mean, <clears throat> it's it'll be pretty weird. One thing I've noticed is, and I'm just from a trailer, and actually there's not a whole lot of <clears throat> a certain actor, hi Keanu, in it, but from what I've seen in it, he looks like, I mean, he he's fine in the Matrix films, but he's supposed to be kind of befuddled and bemused throughout it, which played to his talents back then. 
Yeah. But he's developed into a much better actor than he used to be. I mean, he used to be like, mm, yeah, he's good at playing us. Yeah, exactly. He used to be really good at certain types of roles, but now that was it. He was, you try, asked him to do something else, he was really limited. Not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, I just get a really sense of depth to his character in this, and I'm really looking forward to it for that reason more than anything else, really. Yeah, it, it does kind of look a lot like uh, John Wick in The Matrix. Really? Okay, that's kind of... <laughs> it does. It's going to be interesting. It's um, be interesting. I, I saw an ad. Now, granted, it was just a still ad on a website, but apparently, and this is a new story, Days of Our Lives is getting a sequel called Beyond Salem. Do we need these kind of things? No. This is actually kind of almost a segue into something else because I accidentally got into Days of Our Lives for about a week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, no, back in college, I, I was I, I got a, got the flu, so I'm bedridden, what's on TV, and I'm flipping around, and I come across this thing where there's one group of people, and they're talking to a hologram that's somehow holding them hostage because there's force fields. Hmm. We switch to three people in a Cessna. We're coming into land. This is flight NCC-1701D coming in for landing on the Romulus Strip. I'm sorry, those are Star Trek references. What the hell is this? We'll return to days of our lives. And wait, what the hell am I watching? Really? That's really weird. So for about a week, I watched days until they stopped doing Star Trek references. And I went, screw it. I'll go back to Star Trek, which is what I'm going to do now. Because a trailer for the second (laughs) season of Picard came out. (laughs) Best segue ever. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Did you see the second trailer for Picard? I did did not. not. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the the storyline, basically. Because uh, we have it now. Q, who is back, yay, and that's the only thing I'm looking forward to now. Q went back to the past and changed the Federation, so now it's made up of Nazis. So Picard and his crew from season one have to go back and fix it. I have now lost all interest in this series apart from Q, just seeing him on the screen again. Because, I'm sorry, the original Trek did this how many times? Right, Next Generation exactly. did it several times. DS9 did it a couple times. And for Christ's sake, they're on a space station. Yeah, I lost interest in Picard about the third episode that I watched. I mean, it's okay, and I totally get it if people love it, but it's just not for me. It's just, to me, it's like, it doesn't go where I had hoped it would go. So that's why I didn't watch the trailer, because no interest. In, and even less now, because like you said, how often have they revisited? It's like, oh, it's the Nazi German. It's like, yeah. We've well, seen now, that in Star Trek like a million times. Way to mind the same stories. Like, come on, please. But Captain Picard gets to come back to the 21st century and drive a car and all this. Yeah, don't care. Yeah, that, seriously. You're, you're be- I realize you need to save money because season one had a lot of special effects and was expensive. But damn, <laughs> really? <laughs> Bringing it here? No, that's unnecessary. <clears throat> now, that brings me to the first movie I watched this week. I should say watched again. A lot of people think that the even numbered Star Trek movies are the best Star Trek movies, starting with the Wrath of Khan, which is Star Trek two. And they think that's the best Star Trek film ever. And they're wrong. Let's go through this. I have found so many plot holes in just going back and watching it this week. I'm going to start off. And this is right at the beginning of the movie. And if you have not mm-hmm. seen Star Trek II, get over it. We're going to do a lot of spoilers in this one. 
it's older than most of the people listening to the show. You'll get over it. True. So there's a scene at the beginning where Khan is in the Reliant and they're kind of sneaking up on the Enterprise. And he says, do you know the old Klingon saying that revenge is a dish best served cold? Everyone knows that line from this movie, but they don't think about it because I started thinking about it. And I came up with, how the hell does Khan know that Klingons exist? I went back and watched Space Seed, which is the original episode with Khan in it. And he Mm -hmm. does have access to the ship's library for technical specs. And that's it. Klingons, not mentioned in that episode. They do not give him information on, here's what you're going to find out in space now. No, they put him back in the Botany Bay, sent him down to SETI Alpha 5 which is S-E-T-I, not C-I-T-Y. I thought it was city. I thought they're just giving him a city instead of a planet. Whatever. No. no. S-E-T-I, search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Exactly. No, it's not. There isn't any in this movie. How does he know the Klingons exist, much less any of their phrases? I'm just starting there. There's no, there's no answer to this because he shouldn't know. Um, there's another bit. Now, I watched the extended cut which does have uh, a few little bits put back in, a few lines here and there. And I kind of like that Mm because it kind of fleshed out the story. However, just as they're going into the final battle, and here's where a lot of these plot points are going to go completely wrong. There's a scene where they're getting ready and you see the, the music gets all nice and tense and you see people doing things. And there's a bit, as, as soon as I wrote, I like that they put, some of this stuff back in. They put this scene back in where there's the dramatic music and there's some security guys and they take some fluorescent lanterns and march around the deck to dramatic music like they're doing something. It's a flashlight. (laughs) It's not a phaser. It's not any other kind of instrument. It's a flashlight you're holding. Three of them marching, tracking down flashlights with dramatic music to one side of the ship. And who did they come across going the other way? Three more security guys carrying three more flashlights in the other direction. No, all of you, stay put. Keep the flashlights where they are. Damn it. That was just a stupid scene. I can see why it was cut, but not the point. Anyway, the scene where the the Enterprise, ooh, it's damaged. It has to go hide in the nebula. Mm -hmm. Fine. The Reliant, which is a three-reeled spaceship, flies in after them, and they can't see each other because there's interference. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure I buy that because shouldn't there be a physical wake behind them because of all this dust and just go, oh, look, there's a wake. It's going this way. I shall follow it. But no, they're all looking at their monitors, looking at their monitors. Really? Why are you looking at your monitors? Why don't you go find a window? That would seem to look work a lot better instead of ooh, static. I can't see him. Static, static. Go find a window and go, oh, look, there he is. I can see him. Shoot him. Because the distances were not like you could look in the window and you wouldn't see anything. They're they're supposed to be that close. That's the way they shot it. I'm just saying. Anyway, at one point, the Enterprise shoots off the Reliance right warp nacelle. And on the bridge, the left side of the bridge explodes. Who wired this ship backwards? Because that does not make any sense at all. I'm just saying. And while we're at it, how does time work in this movie? Because toward the end, uh, Khan sets off the Genesis device. 
-hmm. And I've got more on the Genesis device in a minute. He sets it off and they get a reading on the bridge. Ooh, what is that? And David says, ooh, that's the Genesis device. And Spock immediately gets up and heads toward engineering. Now, it takes Spock four minutes of film time to go down all the decks, and there's a lot of them. I've looked at the schematics of the Enterprise. Four minutes to get down there, have the scene of have the scene with McCoy. Ooh, what is the condition of Mr. Let me, Scott? Let, let me Remember, let me no, stop. No, let me, no, let me stop wait, you right there. Wait, no, wait. no, I'm stopping you right there. How no. many movies accurately depict things in real time? Like virtually none. 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 Exactly. But but they screwed this up even more than usual ones. He has the scene with McCoy. He goes in. He fixes the engines. On the bridge, Mr. Savick, how much time is left? Three minutes, Admiral. No, you cannot do it. All of a sudden, this is a Doctor Who episode. He found his TARDIS on deck two. No, that give it at least some set. We've only got 30 seconds left. I would have bought that, but not. He's been gone for 45 seconds and done all this stuff. No, I'm not buying it. Incidentally, speaking of Kirstie Alley, um, I realize that she's a very tall woman. On IMDb, she is listed at five foot 10. In the funeral scene at the end, she is standing next to Nichelle Nichols, who is five foot three, and Kirk himself is only five, nine and a half. However, the way they filmed it, she looks like she's Andre this giant standing next to Warwick Davis. Did, did no one bother to look at this and go, boy, she looks really, really, I know people made fun of her afterwards for gaining weight and getting large, but she was never Andre the Giant's size, which is what she looks like in this scene. You should go back and watch it again. And about the funeral, they put Spock's body. Yes, Spock dies in the movie. How have you not seen this yet? They put him in the photon torpedo, shoot him toward the Genesis planet, and it lands perfectly without leaving so much as a skid mark on the moss. Really? That's damn clever of you. It's supposed to just kind of go and crash or something. But no. And here's another issue. And this goes to Star Trek 3. Yes, I poked holes through the whole damn thing. Genesis was supposed to be, the Genesis torpedo was supposed to be shot into a moon or a dead planet where it redoes everything and all of a sudden you can have life on it. But in Star Trek 3, we find out, oh no, it's not going to work that way. The planet that they created is unstable. Well, duh because it blew up on a ship in a nebula and it didn't just create life on the planet, it created the whole friggin' planet. And you're wondering why it's not stable. Nobody mentions this at any point in any of the movies. Of course it didn't work the way it wasn't. It was supposed to. It didn't do it the way it was supposed to be done. No, it didn't. So which, which Star Trek movie is better? To me, right now, this, Star Trek is the motion this is, picture because they're of computer. Oh my God! Are you serious? I am serious. I will actually go with Star Trek Six, though. Thank you, because Star Trek the motion picture is. I didn't other than the one, would... other than one that Shatner directed, which is unwatchable, is about the worst one. Actually, I am not part, and it's another time travel thing because of the whales. I did not care for Star Trek Four. Yeah, not really either. It's okay. But Star Trek Three just pisses me off because it's like, oh, it, it was just a joke. It's like there's there's emotional weight to killing off a beloved character, and it's like, ah, it's okay. It's like yeah. comics do that all the time, but it's like this should have been something more serious, and that just kind of like 
it basically it told you that no matter what happens in the Star Trek universe, it doesn't matter because we may change it later. So yep. that to me that that removed any tension to anything that happened from there on out. And that was just a terrible move. And I don't give a damn that oh fans want Spock back. It's like that's the point. That's why you kill him off. Because that has some tension. Develop new characters that they can love. Like that was just a terrible, terrible decision. You know, so you'd think DC wrote this or something. <laughs> Seriously. Just throwing it out. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Just saying, what'd you watch this week? I really that's the segue? That, that's the, the best I got after, right now. After I, the brilliant setup. I, I need before, a drink. Like, that, that's so that's that's what'd the, you watch? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of channels. You've got to hunt around for something. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Okay, so I watched a film which was going to come out in September. And, of course, there were some issues with things being released during the, uh, let's see, there's a pandemic going on. However, the reason this got pushed back wasn't really about the pandemic. It was that... I don't remember which particular mass murder had recently happened in the U.S., but it was one of these random things. I where hate to some, say that there's so many of them, it's hard to tell. I, I, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Is like I didn't bother to go look it up, because, but it was one of those things. It's like, oh, someone killed 20 people. I don't know what it was. And I don't mean to be blasé about it, but that's just how things are in, in, in the good old USA. So because this movie is about people hunting other people, they thought, Nah, maybe not the best time to release this. Like literally the weekend of a mass murder. So they pushed mm. it. And it was getting a lot of negative press because it's kind of brutal where one group of people hunts another group of people. And by the way, this movie is called The Hunt. What this is, it finally did come out in March, is a very, very dark comedy. And it really, really works. But again, you have to be willing to laugh at the thought of one group of people hunting another group of people. So the premise is that a bunch of blue state bleeding heart liberals kidnap a bunch of red state deplorables for the purpose of murdering them, hunting them down because they don't deserve to live. Now, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it plays much better than if they reversed it. Because that would have been playing too much to type, so it makes sense to flip flip the script as they did. Someone might have gone, ooh, documentary. Yeah, exactly. But they poke fun at both sides of the political spectrum, which is very smart. It's not an anti-conservative screed. It's not an anti-liberal screed. It just pokes fun at that whole climate in a very bloody, gory way. Uh, I really enjoyed this film. It's not for everyone's taste. Definitely, because there are lots of brutal deaths, but there's a lot of comedy to it. Again, it's a satire, so you have to be able to go with the flow on this one. But really good movie. Damon Lindelhoff is one of the screenwriters. Worked on a few things like Prometheus, some of the episodes of Lost. Speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness, one of the newer, one of the reboots. Which was, okay. Anyway, so, dude has been busy. Um, the best thing about this film, though, to me, is it eventually winds up into being a, is it mana a, a mana? Because it's a 
battle between the, the two leads who are both women, Betty Gilpin and Hilary Swank. And their confrontation is really, really good. It's a battle of wills, and it's a lot of fight scenes. Not as good as Daredevil's hallway fight scene, because basically nothing is. But some really good fight scenes in this. Uh, so it's, it's an hour and a half. Thoroughly enjoyed this. This is on HBO Max. And if you, again, it's a really dark satire. It's a really bloody film. But if you like political satires... I think you should totally go for it. The The actual ad says, the blurb for the ad is, the most talked about movie of the year is one that n- no one's actually seen. And that was basically what it was, because a lot of people were talking about just from the trailer. And obviously from the trailer, you can't really tell what's going on, especially in this movie. But I really enjoyed this film. Again, certainly not for everybody, because it's definitely brutal, but definitely funny. And a really good satire just on the current political, social, landscape, state, state of mind. Yeah, landscape. Exactly. But so you can stay home and watch this. Pretty fun flick. Pretty fun indeed. What was? Uh, I was trying to remember what the other one you watched this week. You trying to remember something? You, you have. I am. Is there a reminiscence? reminiscing. Pulling that back up, and actually just watched this. Literally finished watching this about five minutes before we started the show. In this is, pro. hi Ted. Hi, so that's two. This is, that's two. So this is called Reminiscence. By the way, this is also on HBO Max. Uh, this actually was released to theaters just a few weeks ago. And okay, so this is from the creator of the reboot of Westworld, which is wildly popular. On HBO, just one reason why probably they got the HBO Max deal. Stars Hugh Jackman. He's headlined some movies that have made some money. Rebecca Ferguson, popular actress. Thandi Newton, popular actress. Seems like this would do really good box office. $2 million million opening weekend. I'm pretty sure I could do $2 million opening weekend if I just sat there and read the phone book on, on video. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, it... Opened up not a particularly good weekend as far as attendance, just because that's right when the spike really started hitting. But two million is abysmal, no matter what. I mean, I think it came out August twentieth. More than that. Yeah, this came out August twentieth, which really was like the peak time for everything hitting. But plenty of movies have come out during the pandemic and have done ten times better. A lot of movies have done ten times better than this. Yeah, uh, and it's gotten middling reviews. I can see why because I don't think this is a great movie, but it's better than I expected from from that performance. Base and it's a plot, kind of a plot that we've kind of seen similar things like this. So he's a private. <coughs> Jackman is a private in- private investigator named Nick. Has a lot of voiceover, which usually is not a particularly good sign. Because if they're trying to, they have to explain what's happening in the film by using voiceover. Typically not the best thing. Sometimes it works. But in this case, eh, probably should have been written better. Just put it that way. Then you don't have to do the voiceover. But he is trying to figure out what happened with a particular woman who she comes up and basically she's just trying to find some keys that she lost. Except she really isn't. That's just a setup to actually steal some files from him. And then he's trying to figure out 
why she stole the files. Because he knows what the files are. But she's trying to figure out, is like, was she blackmailed into stealing the files? Or is she really the villain? Oh, looks like she's the villain. Problem with, he fell in love with her. But he has to go back and research his memories of the time he spent with her to try to figure out what's happening. So this has a little bit of a vibe of the film from the 80s, Altered States, which is a better film, frankly. But still, it's definitely interesting of just going back and researching memories and your own memories. Of course, you only have your own viewpoint of what happened with that. So it may not be the actual truth. It's just your experience of what happened. And other people go in the tank and he pulls up their memories and they can see their memories of, of what happened. And so he's investigating this case and it turns into maybe there's a murder, then there's a kidnapping, maybe there's another murder, but you're not really sure at first. Keeps on going down this rabbit hole. Ah, you mentioned that earlier. And it gets very muddled in the middle. But towards the end of the film, it all starts to resolve. Yay, good job. And the ending turned out to be much better than I expected. Also ties into the ancient myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, Eurydice, whatever, that thing. So the Greek myth of the guy who fell in love with a chick, she died, she goes to hell, he goes back to, to get her soul back. So go ahead and Google that and find it out, because there are many parallels to that story in this. So reminiscence, 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 reminiscence. Oh, my God, I actually said it twice in a row. Actually, much better than I expected. You have to kind of hang with it in the middle, because I can totally understand why you might give up on it, but don't. Because things start to clear up. Things start to make more sense as it goes along. And I do definitely want to mention has Cliff Curtis, who one of my favorite character actors often plays bad guys, sometimes plays good guys. In this one, he's kind of a bad guy. Um, basically, if, if there's a movie and they need someone of ethnic persuasion, of any ethnic persuasion basically on the planet, who has somewhat darker skin than like myself or Rob, they call Cliff Curtis. It's like, hey, we need some guy to play Hispanic. Yeah, Cliff Curtis is your man. Oh, we need to play place have some guy who plays someone from New Delhi. Ah, I call, call Cliff Curtis. It's actually from New Zealand. <laughs> but he's probably played 50 different nationalities and does a terrific job. I really like Cliff Curtis, and he's really good in this. He is, and it's hardly a spoiler to say he's a bad guy, because the first time he shows up, you know he's a dirty cop. He gets, to be, he gets to be worse. So <laughs> definitely... <laughs> Definitely a really good role from him. Jackman is very good in this. Rebecca Ferguson does a really good job. Also looks really, really cute. Because Anyway, but really like this film. And again, I'm glad I hung in there because early on it's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. But gradually things start to resolve. And definitely made more sense as you get towards the end of the film. And definitely has a very interesting resolution. And one of the themes of this is, and this happens very early on, is Jackman's character. He's talking to Rebecca Ferguson's character. So Nick is talking to May, and she asks him to tell him. She asks him to tell her a story, and she wants one with a happy ending. And he says, "No story. There's all stories have sad endings." He said, "Especially the happy ones," and that's a big theme for this movie. Hint, hint. 
Doesn't mean this film does not have a happy ending, though. And that's an important theme in the movie, too. So I thought it was definitely worth watching. Really good performances. And to me, Cliff Curtis really was the standout. Definitely enjoyed. And again, that is Reminiscence. Reminiscence. I think they said that right this time. And again, that's on. Maybe that's why it didn't do well at the box office. No one could say the word when they went up to the theater. Two tickets for Reminiscence. Yeah, and they wound up watching something else. So... Again, it's on HBO Max, so if you got HBO, you also have HBO Max, whether you know it or not, so watch it. Good stuff. Yeah, the the other movie I watched this week, <clears throat> in theaters, also available as a rental from Amazon Prime, and not at all the kind of movie I would typically watch. Um, go ahead and tell you what it is. It, it's Respect, the Aretha Franklin biopic, um, and I'll, I'll be up front with this. I am not a particularly big fan of Aretha Franklin. What? Her music. It's it's just not it's not my kind of music. I do, however, have a lot of respect for her and what she went through. And after watching this movie, I didn't realize that she went through quite that much. But at the same time, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, was the movie accurate as a biopic? How should I know? I wasn't there. It's not like this was filmed in real time or something. Uh, Forrest Whitaker was not really Aretha Franklin's dad, but everyone who's in this, uh, Jennifer Hudson uh, played the adult version of Aretha because we do have a couple kid versions in there. Uh, Forrest Whitaker played her dad. Marlon Wayans is in this. Uh, Mark Maron's in this, which threw me off a bit. Interesting cast. Um, Everybody who was in this did a spectacular job this was a really really good movie it's not i'm not gonna say a happy movie there's lots of it that isn't yeah um but i think this could actually be used to educate people about how the way things were and i realize they're not completely better now but we're hopefully working on it because i think the whole uh any kind of prejudice based on skin color or gender is asinine in my head um but it still exists, which sucks. But this will give you a perspective of what happens when you've get both skin color and gender prejudices. This is, this is uh, reminiscing. No, going in in this, and it's it's kind of hard to watch some of this, but it is a very good movie. I'm I'm going to recommend it even with the. I'm going to recommend watching it at home with someone else to make up for the twenty dollar uh, rental tag. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, yeah, th- this is one of those films that is going to end up with a lot of awards when the Oscars come around. Um, because not Aretha was that big. And, cast. Yeah, yeah, with the cast and the way they wrote it and the, the way it was all done. It, this is an award-winning movie. Um, segwaying into other awards, <clears throat> because we can do that. Uh, WandaVision has already won some Emmys, even though the Emmys don't actually happen until next week. How clever of them. <clears throat> the uh, There were a lot of technical Emmys that were handed out uh, this past Saturday. WandaVision won two of them, and the only reason I'm really mentioning it is because these are the first two Emmys for Marvel. Uh, another, However, they have another series going now that, as far as I'm concerned, is not going to be Emmy Award winning. No, yeah. I don't get well either. Th- that would be the, that would be this week's episode of What If that we we're going to go over real quick. And you know what? 
didn't like this week. What did you did you have an opinion on this one? I didn't. Yeah, I liked it, but not as much as as the others. I thought it could have taken. I like that now we're we're going down and there's an actual art to this whole thing. I like that. I like some aspects of. I mean, I liked it overall, but not as much as the other episodes so far. Yeah, if, uh, if you haven't watched this week's, it is the the cop out episode. I'm sorry, did I say cop out? I meant the zombie episode, which basically, um, in my head, this was. Uh, let's, Marvel wants to make a zombie movie, and their plot twist is going to be this time, Captain America and the Avengers are the zombies. Now, th- this was actually created back when The Walking Dead started becoming big, and uh, they created Marvel Zombies. And that was basically just the premise of the books. And I thought that is a blatant money grab. Um, Marvel is supposed to be one of the companies at the at the forefront of everything, coming up with new ideas. And zombies are not new to me. This was a cheap cop out thing that they, you know, the money grab. The comics, you mean? It was not a bad episode. It was just something not something worthy of being called Marvel to me. Sorry, are you talking about the comics also? Yes. Okay, because I agree. Yeah, I never, I haven't read a single, I haven't read a single one of them just because it's like, eh, whatever. I mean, I'm not like. I glanced. By I'll admit, anything, I have but, not read the whole series. I glanced through one and went, yeah, I'm done, thanks. Yeah, I haven't because I don't really care because obviously it's not part of the actual, the actual continuity, and if it is, they'll just fix it. So yeah. I don't care. I'm not going to waste my time reading it. And it just didn't seem to me to be that interesting. I totally agree. It's like, oh, The Walking Dead's popular. Let's jump on the bandwagon. Uh, as I understand, it's a very popular series. So I think we're in the minority on that. But, nah, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I mean, there were some aspects of, there were several aspects, I should say, of, of this episode that I really liked. They pick up with Bruce Banner, Hulk, hurtling back to Earth and War. Warning everyone that Thanos is coming, but it ain't the Earth that he left. And I, it picks up from there, and I, I definitely like that. It's, uh, someone pointed out on in an article that, oh, they show how they could have handled Thanos. Doctor Strange could have, like, wiped him out using the portals because they handled some of the zombies using portals in a rather brilliant way. And they could have taken care of Thanos pretty easily if they had just done portals correctly, but they didn't in the main MCU, you should say. So. Right. Uh, overall, I liked it. Um, it's this is the first one that really sets up the next episode in the What If series, whereas the others they basically function as standalone episodes. But you can tell they're kind of leading to something. This one is definitely boom, leading leading up to it because we have the return of <clears throat> Chadwick Boseman as Star Lord. And so a few other characters popped up again who'd been in previous ones. And I can't remember the lines, but he delivered a few lines, which really choked me up because I was like, oh, he's basically talking about his own impending death. That's horrible to hear. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah, that was that was kind of tough. But, um, yeah, I liked it better than you. I'm, I'm liking this series more than you are so far. But, but that being said, this is easily... Yeah, it's not going to get nominated for Emmys, Emmys, let alone win anything. This is not touching WandaVision. This is not touching Loki. This is not touching Falcon and Winter Soldier, which everybody seems to keep forgetting existed. Which 
which is now Captain America and Winter Soldier, um, which it wound up being. Yeah, it's uh, it's not nearly as good as those. I mean, I like it. It's it's good, but you know, for Marvel, it's good is pretty faint praise. You know, it's yeah. not. This should be up there since it's a Marvel project, and since it's in continuity, it really should be up there with the best of the DC animated things. And it's and it clearly isn't. It's no. it's a damn sight better than some of the stuff DC has done lately. I mean, Batman yeah. and the, the Harley Quinn thing. Oh my God, what a train wreck! So, <laughs> yeah, DC animated stuff has been very uneven lately. The the most recent thing they've done, the Long Halloween, that's terrific. That was good. Yeah, but that, yeah, very spotty. Seventies Batman kung fu movie, really? Yeah, very, very, very off and off, very on and off on that. But yeah. I'm enjoying What If, but they definitely need to step up the game with it with the next episode. I totally agree with that. My daughter had a brilliant idea for an episode of What If, and I think this could be the season finale. This is what really needed to happen. Is uh, the snap still happens, but instead of, and I'm just going to make up directions here, instead of the people on the left dying, how about the people on the right die this time? So Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk all die, and we're left with Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Black Panther. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. I think that would be an interesting idea if they can come up with you know something good with it. They've already got an uh, you know, there's an easy start. Instead of these guys, it's the other ones because it's a half and half thing. I'm just thinking it's a good idea. We'll find out when it comes around in sure. however many weeks that's going to be. In the meantime, uh, COVID is still a thing. Yes, it is. And geez, it sucks. So stay away from it. Best thing yeah, to do yeah. if you're going to go out. Wear a mask. Stay socially distant from each other. And if at all possible, the best thing you can do is just stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, And on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but... uh, eh. It's a living. And like that, he's gone. Hey, who turned out the light?